Okay, we're going to get into the word today. Um, yeah, God's good. Okay, today we're going to be talking about uh, resurrection brings revelation power. Okay, um, Easter is an amazing time to be able to um, take time to remember the power of what Jesus did. You know, we can we can flippantly just kind of say, um, "Yeah, Jesus rose from the dead," and, and and that kind of rolls off our tongues as we become when we become Christians. You know, it can kind of just like, "Oh yeah, Jesus rose from the dead." But I, I just I hope today that through this we are are made aware of the power that made that happen. Like Jesus was dead. He wasn't just, you know, we hear stories of people who, I died for three minutes, and then came. he was dead. Like, he was dead, not breathing, buried in a cave for three days, dead. And, and he rose from the dead. And he wasn't just a ghost or a spirit that floated around. Um, he ate, and he talked with people, and he, you know... Thomas could feel his the holes in his like he was present when he arose and the power that is needed to raise somebody from the dead is a power that I don't know if we can ever completely comprehend the magnitude of the power that it takes to be able to do that um, so I know we've been doing small groups lately and, and we're trying to um, incorporate um, our messages along with what we're learning in small groups. And, and I, I will to a degree today, um, our small groups this week, we're going to be talking about our mental health and the battle of the mind. And um, today we want to recognize, again, the resurrection power that brings revelation of who Christ is. And in the video that you're going to be watching this week, those of you who are involved in small groups, Rick Warren says, Whatever gets your mind gets you. Whatever gets your mind gets you. And I thought, how timely, because whatever gets your mind as far as the resurrection of Jesus Christ, as you have a revelation of exactly what that means and what that gives to us, when you have that in your mind, it will get you and it will change you. In 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 5, we're going to turn there for a second. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 5, it says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. When we talk about resurrection power, it is to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So today we are going to talk about revelation power that we have through when we recognize what the resurrection of Jesus Christ did. So in John 10.10, we won't have it up on the scripture, but just to let you know, John 10.10 tells us that the enemy is out to seek, kill, and destroy. 
Plain and simple, he is out to bring you down. And where we think, where we are in our mind, is exactly where the enemy will roam and try to tear us down and make us think things that are untrue. He will take scripture and he will twist it and he will make it so that we don't recognize the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. So we need to fight against that by taking every thought captive. So today we are going to celebrate that power, but we're going to talk about Peter. And sometimes I feel bad for Peter, and I will apologize to him one day when I am in heaven for preaching about his story so much. <laughs> Poor Peter. He gets he constantly gets picked on when it comes to um, the story of Jesus Christ and the resurrection. But what I love about it, and I will also thank him for the fact is, is that we can see ourselves in Peter. You know, as much as we want to go like, oh, Peter did it again. You know, Peter chopped the dude's ear off. Peter did this. Peter did that. Um, as much as we can kind of come and kind of make fun and, and talk about him, we are all the same. If we're going to be brutally honest, we are the same. But we're going to talk about his journey today on him following Jesus. And we're going to just see the difference, again, the revelation, when he had the revelation of the resurrection power, we're going to see the difference in Peter. And I pray that you will find yourself somewhere along that journey and that you will find yourself in the knowledge of the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Okay. We are going to turn to Matthew chapter 4. We're going to be in Matthew quite a bit here. So find Matthew. It's the very first gospel, Matthew 4. And we're going to kind of just jump along there for a minute. So Matthew 4, 18 to 22. This is where Jesus calls Peter into becoming a disciple. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother, Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, and they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. Where am I reading to? 22. At, the, at once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw other, other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, and they were in a boat, and their father Zebedee preparing their, note, their nets. And Jesus called them, and immediately they left uh, their boat and their father and followed him. So in this moment, we have a moment where Peter makes the decision to follow Jesus. But right here in this moment, he has not yet had the revelation of the resurrection power. Okay, so when Jesus said, come follow me, I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know whether he thought this was going to be like, woohoo, totally fun, a new experience. I don't really know what he was thinking. But what I can tell you is he did not have the full puzzle picture put together to understand the magnitude of the calling when Jesus says, follow me. He didn't completely understand. It wasn't like totally solidified in his brain and I say yet. So where are we in our journey when we say somebody's maybe inviting you up to church and said, hey, come to see your church. It's a really fun place. And the pastor is really loud and obnoxious. I don't know what you say. I don't know what you tell people. I, 
But you know, whatever you tell your people, when you come into this place and you feel like Jesus has said, follow me, and you're like, okay, I have no idea what I'm in for, but I'm going to try this out. I have a lot of people who have come into church who have said to me, you know what, I'm just going to come and I'm going to try it out. Jesus says, follow me, but we don't have the full picture of when we say, yes, we're going to follow you. We don't necessarily in the beginning have the full revelation of what that means. And that's not a bad thing. But we need to continue on the journey to kind of figure out and put all the pieces together. So Peter says, yes, I'm in. I'm following you. Peter follows him. And, and now we're going we're gonna, to, he follows him for three years. Okay, I'm going to jump way ahead. Fast forward to three years later. Peter has taken time to be with Jesus. He has seen the miracles. He has heard Jesus preach. He's been there for three years by Jesus' side. He has learned everything from him. And everything that he is getting from him is coming into him. He's hearing it. But as we see, there's just a point in this life of Peter where, where it's just not 100% clicking. It's not 100% clicking. Matthew 26 Verse 31 to 32. Let's jump over three years worth of message here. And we'll go to Matthew 26, verse 31 to 33. Okay, this is where Jesus is. They're having the, 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 we talked about the Passover, okay? Then Jesus told him, the very night you will fall away on account of me for it is written i will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered but after i have risen i will go ahead of you in galilee and peter replied even if all fall away on account of you i never will we're going to park there just for a second i know i went one verse past but i'm sorry but we're going to continue on in a second so here jesus is explaining that there is going to be a denial. That everybody is going to, the sheep um, of the flock are going to be scattered. Everybody, he's, he's, he's basically prophesying that, that, that this is, you guys are going to desert me. I will go to the slaughter and, and I will be struck, but the sheep will be scattered. And Peter makes a, a, a very strong denial and he says, I will never fall away. Verse 33 to 35, Peter replied, even if I fall away on account of you, uh, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. All the other disciples said the same thing. Peter makes a very powerful, blatant Statement, I will never fall away. Now here's the thing I have personally learned through ministry is never say never. Okay? I remember saying to my husband when we were in ministry, just kind of like just kind of in the beginning stages of ministry. And I said to him, 
I will never move further north than Huntsville. And all of you are like, well, Huntsville's pretty north. No, let me tell you, it's not. Some of you call Barry North. No. Um, God took us to Sault Ste. Marie. He's like, you say never, I will take you six hours north of your never. Okay? And then from there, he took us to Manitoulin Island, which doesn't even have a Tim Hortons. And, like, never say never. Okay? Just, just don't do it. It's just not a good, it's just not a good idea. Um, what, I, what I find interesting about this statement is the word that Peter uses that says, I will never fill in the blanks. I will never. I have learned over my life to never, not even in ministry, but you know, when we see people um, fall into sin, and I have heard people say to me, did you see what they did? I would never do that. And I hate to tell you, but we're all human. And we see leaders in the church fall, and that is sad, and it breaks my heart, and we can condemn, and we can point fingers, and we can say, I would never, but we are all human, and we can never say, I will never, but what we can say is by the strength of God, as I hang on to the Father and recognize his power, I pray that he gives me strength so that I don't have to go through or, or, or do with, you know, like that we can lean on him and be constant communication with him so that when sin comes or when, when, when uh, a calling comes to take you somewhere out of your box, that you will be able to say, yes, I will, because I go with Jesus. Peter promises he never will. But the problem is, is he is not yet attached to the revelation truth of the resurrection power. He hasn't had that revelation of the power of a resurrecting God. We can't work on our own. We can never say, I will never do anything. Okay, we're going to proceed now on to Peter's journey, where just after he says, I will never fall away. I will never disown you. I will be right with you, even if it means to death. But Matthew 26, verse 58, it tells us where Peter is, and it says, but Peter followed him, Jesus, at a distance, right up to the courtyard of the high priests. He entered and sat down with the guards to see what the outcome was. Peter already was not right there with Jesus, saying, Jesus, I'm going this journey with you. I'm here for you, buddy. I'm going to wipe the sweat off your, your brow. I'm going to be with you all the way. Just, you know, because he had all this kind of like, in the, in the beginning here, he was like, yeah, I'm going I'm to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But here we see him following from a distance. Jesus is over there, and he's over here. Wonder, wonder what's gonna happen. I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna follow from a distance. I'm gonna follow Jesus from a distance. Matthew twenty six sixty nine. 
to 75. Now Peter was sitting in the courtyard and a servant girl came to him. You are also with Jesus, she said. But he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Then he went out of the gateway where another servant girl saw him and said to the people, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again, but this time with an oath. I swear to you, I promise to you, I was not with Jesus. After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, Surely you are one of them. Your accent gives it away. Then he began to call down curses, and he swore to them. That means he was lose, using some, some, some language that, that mama would wash your mouth up with soap. He's like, like he's cursing. He's swearing. I do not know the man. Immediately the rooster crowed, and then Peter remembered the words that Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will desert me, disown me three times. And he went outside and bittered, uh, wept bitterly. Let's turn to Luke 22, because this makes the picture I hate to tell you, a whole lot worse. Six, this, it's, it's worse before it gets better. Hang on. Bear with me. 61 to 62. Peter is in the courtyard. He is watching, following from a distance. And then somebody spots him and says, she, you are with you. I was not. I, I swear to you, I don't even know the man. What are you talking about? I have no idea who, who are you. I don't know Jesus. And then all of a sudden, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Looked straight at Peter, and then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken before the rooster crows today. You will disown me three times. You ever in a room talking about somebody and then they walk in the room and you stop talking? <laughs> oh, lovely, lovely weather we're having today. Did you see the baseball game last night? I don't even know why I said baseball, because I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> are they playing baseball right now? Is that happening? I don't know. Anyway, Cindy, is there baseball on right now? It's okay. <laughs> but imagine talking against somebody and then all of a sudden you catch eye with them and they heard every word you just said. Bad enough when it's just people. But imagine catching eyes with Jesus when just a short while ago you were like, I will follow you even to the death. And then all of a sudden, you stand there and you say, I don't know who he is. And you catch eyes with Jesus. And he gives you that look. I knew you were going to do this, Peter. Oh, look, it hurts my heart. It hurts my heart to think about 
Jesus dies. And Jesus raises from the dead. He shows his power over death. And in John 21, what we see is Peter, who said he would follow Jesus and then followed from a distance and then swore he didn't know Jesus. Now all of a sudden Jesus is, so he thinks, is dead and Peter goes back to fishing. He's defeated, he's given up, he's lost hope. He's not following the plan anymore. But let me tell you, oh, he's about to have resurrection, revelation. He goes fishing. And who is sitting on the beach cooking some fish? Hey, Jesus, want to come for Peter? Want to come for some breakfast? And all of a sudden, Peter sees Jesus comes to him, and as the story goes, we see that he, Jesus gives him, you know, uh, forgiveness of what was happening. He reinstates me back into ministry. He's like, I knew this would happen, but I'm not giving up on you, Peter. All is not at loss. And he tells him, will you, do you love me? Yes, I do, Lord. You know that I do. And he, I'm sure, I'm sure that between the scriptures that we read, I'm sure he was like, I'm so that time that you looked at me when I swore you know him, like I'm so sorry. And Jesus is like, Do you love me? And he says, I do, God, I do. And I want you to feed my sheep. I want you to feed my lambs. And he reinstates Peter into ministry. And all of a sudden, Jesus has this, or Peter has this revelation. Let's turn to John 21, verse 18. Verse 18 to 19. Peter was hurt because he asked him a third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know deep down inside, even though I mess up, you know that I love you. Jesus says, feed my sheep. And then he prepares and he says, very truly, I tell you, this is Jesus talking to Peter. I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself. And when you went where you wanted, but when you were old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and someone else will lead you to where you do not want to go. He is telling Peter, I want you to follow me. But what's going to happen is, you are going to have to die. You are going to be crucified. He's prophesying to him. He's letting him know the death he is going to have. You are going to be crucified for following me. The follow here is a lot more. You will stretch out your hands and you will be taken where you do not want to go. Verse 19, Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Follow me. This follow was a lot more different 
than the first song. For Peter. When Jesus called him to follow him for the first time, Jesus meant it. I, I'm calling you into ministry. I have plans and purposes for you. But this time, the follow me was a moment where Peter knew if he says yes this time, he is going to literally, you know, when he said, I will die for you, he's literally going to have to die for Jesus this time. But the difference in his yes this time, it says Peter saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. Sorry, I'm jumping ahead of you guys. And was the one that leaned back against him. Jesus at the last supper said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw this, he asked, Lord, what about him? Okay, I'm, I'm jumping ahead of myself. Let me just pause here for a second. When he said, follow me, he did it now. When he said yes, he did it with the resurrection knowledge. He knew the power of Jesus Christ. And what this, this not only meant that he was going to go to death, but it also meant that Jesus was going to be going with him. There was no longer any, I will not. It was now, there was a joint team of Peter and Jesus together. He had a revelation of who Jesus Christ was. He had a revelation of the power. Before he heard about it and he saw it and he saw Jesus doing all these miracles, but along the way he kind of lost sight of it all and he went back to what he was doing and he lost all of his hope. But now he has resurrection revelation of who Jesus Christ is, that he has power over death, that he has power over sin, and then if I follow this guy, I I too will have this power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When we look through the book of Acts, we see Peter preaching to the multitude. We're talking about Peter. Peter, who followed from a distance and kind of hid and swore, I do not know who that man is. Here we see Peter with resurrection revelation, hallelujah, yes, who is standing before the people and saying, my God is all powerful. And he could say it because he knew that he knew that he knew that there was power in Jesus Christ. This wasn't just him watching from the sidelines anymore. He was invested, and he knew that this investment was going to take him to death, but he was okay with that. What can give you the strength to be able to say, I will be crucified for Jesus? Who does that? Who does that? You can only do it when you have the knowledge of the power of Jesus Christ, because none of us can go through an experience of being crucified to a cross without the power of Jesus Christ to stand there and say, okay, do it. Resurrection revelation. He went on to preach and start churches. He was powerful. He was a different man because he had a revelation of the truth of Jesus Christ. John 14, 12. Verily, verily, I tell you, this is Jesus telling us 
today even, not just for the people in Bible times. This is for us to take for us today. Very valid, very. I tell you today, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, that they will do even greater things that the, than these because I am going to my Father. Jesus is telling you that when you have resurrection, revelation, when you understand the power of Jesus Christ, you can do greater things than what Jesus did when he was on this earth. Ah, does that not get you excited? Oh, I've had a couple of coffees today. Can you tell? Oh. fan, but when I heard that song, I'm like, Pastor Vanessa, you've got to do this song. <laughs> oh. How are we following Christ? Are we following in our own strength? I will never. Are we following in our own strength? I'll follow you, Lord, but as long as it's good for me, as long as it fits into my box, don't take me out of my box. Don't make me do things like stand in front of people or talk to people or don't make me do that. Following the Lord in our own strength. Are we following at a distance? I'm just going to check this out. Make sure we're good. I'm just going to like, you know, don't get too close to me now. I'm going to follow from a distance. See how it goes. See how I feel. Or are we following with resurrection revelation? Revelation means you know the truth. You have it's been revealed to you. It's been if you are in this room today and you don't sense Jesus. Somebody check your pulse. If you are here and you don't feel something, this is Jesus in the room. And if you are here today and you don't know who Jesus Christ is, but you sense something in the room, that's Jesus' revelation power telling you that he rose from the dead. He has the power over death to conquer sin, to bring forgiveness of sin, to bring you to an eternity with him. And until that point, he's going to walk the journey with you so that you don't have to say I anymore, but you can say we. That's what it's all about. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If that's you today and you don't, you've never made that commitment to Jesus, can I encourage you, make today the day. 
Make today the day. I'm going to get you all to stand. I want you to close your eyes for a minute before the worship team sings a song. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to think about where are you in the follow journey? Are you following only when it's good for your box? Are you following from a distance? Don't get too close. I'll come to church once or twice a year. That's all you got me for. That's good enough. That's following from a distance. Or I'll come to church just, you know, when I feel like getting up in the morning. When I, when I have the energy. If God wakes me up in the morning, I'll come to church. If you're looking for a sign to come to church, hello, this is it. Coming to church doesn't make you a Christian, but let me tell you, it spurs you on and encourages you to be able to face the world for the next week. Today, Jesus is calling you to follow him with your whole heart. He is calling you to recognize his he defeated death. I'm going to ask everyone to close your eyes right now. Figure out where you are in that journey. And if you're like, you know what? I need to follow him full heartedly. I need to know who he is. I want you to boldly raise your hand right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes. Amen. No one's looking around. Thank you, thank you, thank you, yes. You all just said yes to Jesus. You all just said yes to Jesus. But what I'm going to encourage you with, we're going to pray in a second, but what I'm going to encourage you with, Peter said yes in the beginning, but he still lost hope. Can I encourage you today to keep seeking, keep coming to church, keep getting plugged in, keep getting to know people, keep reading the word, keep praying because it's on that journey that you are going to have these light bulb moments where you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, where God's going to show you his truth, his power that he has that we celebrate today. God, I just pray right now, everyone who raised your hand, pray this with me. Dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I ask you to walk this journey with me. I ask you to reveal to me your revelation power. Thank you for the forgiveness of my sin. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. And now, Lord, I want to follow you with my whole heart, not on my own, but with your strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's sing this song. There's nothing that can hold you in the grave when you follow Jesus. It's his power that will bring you out. There is no grave that is going to hold you down when you have Resurrection Revelations! Woo! Amen!
today. I thank you for your resurrection revelation power that we can have that will enable us, Lord, to do more than you did while you were on this earth. God, I pray that every single one of us will walk the journey with you, Lord, that we will be willing to go wherever you call us, that we will never say never to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. God, continue to lead us and guide us as a church, as as people, Father, in our own personal journeys. Father, we look to you and we ask you, God, to reign abundantly in our lives so that others will see us and desire to have what we have, I pray. In Jesus' precious and amazing name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah.